just a day away from the Maguindanao massacre verdict, the New York-based Human Rights Watch urges Philippine authorities to arrest dozens of suspects who remain at large. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte orders troops to crush the New People's Army and other enemies of the state. U.S. President Trump accuses Democrats of attempted coup as American lawmakers prepare to vote on two articles of impeachment against him. And ride-hailing firm Grab slapped with a multi-billion peso fine for violating commitments made to Manila's antitrust body. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. Just a day away from the verdict on the 10-year-old Maguindanao massacre case, and Malacanang is hoping justice will finally be served for the victims of that gruesome crime. Duterte spokesman Salvador Panelo believes the court will decide on the basis of evidence, but he refuses to comment any further. Panelo briefly served as defense lawyer of prime suspect Dato Andal Ampatuan Jr. I cannot make any comment because any comment I have will have will be viewed by people or whether for or against with some bias because I was involved. It's enough that I say that justice should prevail and the court will have to respect whatever decision the court will give. Regardless of uh, under whose administration, justice should always prevail. The Philippines' human rights body also hoping for justice for the massacre victims. It also calls for an end to all forms of attacks against journalists. Nakakalungkot kasi uh, Maguindanao Massacre really uh, was the pivotal event where we saw that our journalist uh, underwent uh, tremendous uh, uh, pain and suffering. Uh, it cost them their lives. And then years after, they still continue to bear the brunt of that uh, attack. And in fact, it contributed to the climate of impunity. The fact that it uh, lingered for 10 years and it dragged for 10 years uh, really uh, impacted our human rights situation. The November 2009 Maguindanao massacre left 58 people dead, including 32 journalists. It's the worst election-related violence in Philippine history and the single deadliest attack against journalists in the world. The ruling on the case is expected to be handed down Thursday morning. Philippine authorities should hunt down dozens of Maguindanao massacre suspects who remain at large. The New York-based Human Rights Watch made that call a day before the promulgation of the verdict on the mass murder case. Eighty suspects, including members of the Ampatuan clan and military and police officers, have eluded arrest. And Human Rights Watch says the Philippine government's failure to arrest them puts witnesses and the families of victims at grave risk. Well, families of the victims of the Maguindanao massacre are praying justice will be on their side during Thursday's promulgation. Edita Tiamson, wife of one of the slain journalists, says they're hoping for convictions for at least the main suspects. But Harry Roque, legal counsel for some of the families of the victims, is worried whether a guilty verdict will be handed down against former Governor Zaldi Ampatuan. He claims there are reports from the Ampatuan family to have him acquitted to maintain the family's political influence in Maguindanao. 
as far as I'm concerned, it only takes one conviction to send all of them behind bars. And I would be happy to have the Ampatuans behind bars. I worry. I think the betting tomorrow is not whether that Unsai will be held liable because I think the eyewitness testimonies would indicate that he would probably be held liable. But the issue is, will Zaldi be held liable? And I say this not only because of the defense interposed by Zaldi, but also because I have personal knowledge that until now, he's still trying to exert pressure on many um, um, groups no? to persuade them, jail my evil brother, but spare me. No? So that's, in effect, his PR blitz. No? And I can confirm that even when I was in the palace, it continued. Sana loobin po bukas na makamit na namin yung 10 years naming hinahangad na makamta namin yung yung hinahangad namin mustisya sa aming mga mahal sa buhay. Tanda kayong patawarin yung mga inutusan lang Opo. at yung takot na sumunod. Opo. Roque also expressing frustration that some 80 massacre suspects remain at large, particularly Dato Canor Ampatuan. Dato Canor has been reportedly uh, been cited roaming freely in Maguindanao. Not all the shooters have uh -oh, been not uh, all. apprehended. No, there's only some of them. No, so there's still a long way to go to hold everyone responsible. No, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm frustrated. And I've said it before. I will say it again. The whole system is rotten. This is unacceptable. Remember, the 10 years is only for about 90 of them. Um, about. 80 of them still have to undergo the process and we're only talking about um, final, not finality but a conclusion at the regional trial court oh. level. Expect another 5 to 10 years on appeal. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte orders the military to crush the new people's army. That order comes almost a week after he hinted at the possible resumption of peace negotiations with the communist group. The talks came to a halt earlier this year due to rebel attacks on government troops. Itong mga terorista, kasali na ang NPA, kasali na ang mga kidnap or ransom nandyan sa hulo, ang abusayap at lahat na. At ang utos ko sa kanila, at pag sila'y lubaban, durugin para matapos na ang problema ng Pilipino. Duterte's statement also comes amid calls for government to declare a holiday truce with the rebels. Both the armed forces and the Interior Department oppose a ceasefire. Communist rebels allegedly have a hit list that includes President Duterte and his chief security advisor, Hermogenes Esperon. That's according to Esperon himself, who dismisses the matter as old news. I don't even... I did not even... Uh... Read the details of it. Nakita ko na lang na nandun yung pangalan ni Secretary Anjo, Secretary Capuyan, and other officers, which to us is something that is expected or part of the hazards of the of the job. But Esperon assures the public government is not taking the so-called hit list lightly, adding they are taking necessary precautions. Malacanang denies any hand in the dismissal of government's 200 billion peso forfeiture case against the family of the late dictator Ferdinand Marcos. The Philippine Anti-Graft Court had junked that complaint due to insufficient evidence. 
The palace says President Duterte, a known ally of the Marcoses, did not interfere with the court's decision. As we have repeatedly said, we never interfere with the decision of the court. The court will always decide on the basis of evidence. You must remember that this case was prosecuted prior to the administration, meaning you cannot blame the present lawyers for that. If there are no documents to be presented, how can you make the lawyers be accountable for that? This is the fourth forfeiture case junked by the Sandigan Bayan. The Philippine Commission on Human Rights says it is saddened by the dismissal of cases against the Marcoses. It's sad, no? uh, it's sad because while we respect the decision of the court because uh, they had to dismiss it uh, on grounds of technicality dahil nga yung mga ipinakitang ebidensya was not in conformity with the best evidence rule, uh, there might be a danger that the public might think that uh, martial law never uh, really happened, uh, the atrocities committed uh, is, for example, uh, fake news. A National Geographic documentary on the Duterte administration's bloody war on drugs has been shortlisted for an Oscar award. The Nightcrawlers joins nine other films still in the running for the documentary short subject category. It follows a small group of determined photojournalists on a mission to expose the true cost of Manila's anti-narcotics campaign. Among those featured are Filipino veteran photojournalist Rafi Lerma and journalist Patricia Evangelista. Official nominations for the 92nd Academy Awards will be announced January 13th. U.S. President Trump accuses Democrats of pursuing a coup and declaring an open war on American democracy. Trump made those remarks in a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on the eve of a planned vote on two articles of impeachment against him. In that letter, Trump attacked not only congressional Democrats, but also former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden and institutions like the FBI. They know it's a hoax, it's a witch hunt, and it's just a continuation. It's been going on now for almost three years. And it probably started before I even won the election, based on what we're finding out with the insurance policy quotes and other things. So it's a disgrace. The House, dominated by Democrats, is expected to pass the formal charges against Trump, including abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. The charges are related to Trump's dealings with Ukraine, where he pressed the country to investigate Biden. Meanwhile, U.S. Senate Republicans reject the Democrats' request to call new witnesses in the expected impeachment trial of President Trump. Here's the full story. As the U.S. House Committee on Tuesday tried to hammer out the rules ahead of a planned vote to impeach President Donald Trump, battle lines were already being drawn up in the Senate for the next phase of the fight, the trial. Chuck Schumer, who leads the Democratic Senate minority, on Wednesday called for what he referred to as a fair trial to give senators a chance to hear all the facts. If such a trial is to happen, Democrats strongly believe it must be fair, and the American people must regard it as fair. Schumer asked Republicans to call as witnesses current and former White House officials, including acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney and ex-National Security Advisor John Bolton. But Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell signaled little interest in letting Democrats call any witnesses in the process, calling such efforts, quote, a fishing expedition. So now the Senate Democratic leader would apparently like our chamber to do House Democrats' homework for them. 
McConnell seemed to both dismiss the evidence so far against the president and show no interest in using the trial to gather any new evidence or testimony that might reflect negatively on Donald Trump. The Senate is meant to act as judge and jury to hear a trial, not to rerun the entire fact-finding investigation because angry partisans rushed sloppily through it. We believe this conduct is impeachable and should never take place again under our constitutional system. Democratic representatives in the House have drawn up two articles of impeachment against Trump, accusing him of abuse of power and obstructing Congress. The committees uh, took more than 100 hours of deposition testimony from 17 witnesses, held seven public hearings, which included Republican requested witnesses. The charges stem from documents and testimony that the president withheld military aid and a White House meeting to pressure Ukraine into launching investigations into one of Trump's domestic political rivals. The administration disregarded congressional subpoenas for documents and official testimony throughout this first investigative phase of the process. Requests for documents from the State Department, ignored. Requests for documents from the Department of Defense, ignored. Requests for documents from the vice president, ignored. Despite the pledge not to cooperate, a parade of witnesses, some from the White House, testified about the campaign to press Ukrainian officials into publicly announcing corruption probes into a gas company linked to Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's son. The president of the United States conducted a shakedown of a foreign power. Democrats say the evidence amounts to a president trying to solicit foreign interference in a U.S. election, abusing his office, and blocking Congress from performing oversight. Ride-hailing firm Grab hit with yet another hefty fine. The Philippine Competition Commission has fined Grab over 16 million pesos for violating commitments made to the antitrust body. The latest fine covers violations made during May to August this year, including overcharging and exceeding the driver cancellation quota. The commission says Grab passengers should expect a refund through credits. Just last month, the PCC imposed a 23 million peso fine against Grab for breaching pricing commitments. Well, Grab Philippines, meanwhile, says it will pay the fresh round of fine imposed by Manila's antitrust body. The firm will be dispersing 14 million pesos in fine to passengers and the remaining 2 million to the Philippine Competition Commission. The disbursement will take place no later than February 10th next year. But the firm insists Grab's fares remain compliant with the matrix of transport authorities. Grab adds it will continue to fulfill its commitments to the PCC, but notes pricing could be influenced by traffic conditions and lack of TNVS units. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.